My prayer this morning, Father, is a simple one, that you would give me a heart for your word and a word for our hearts. Amen. Are you familiar with the term Hallmark Holidays? In the United States, a Hallmark Holiday is a holiday that's perceived to exist primarily for commercial purposes, rather than to commemorate a traditionally or historically significant event. The name, of course, comes from Hallmark Cards, a privately owned American card company that benefits from such manufactured events. They sell greeting cards and other items for these events. Holidays that have been referred to as Hallmark Holidays include, I have a list, Valentine's Day, Mother's Day, Father's Day, Grandparents' Day, National Son's Day, National Daughter's Day, Boss's Day, Administrative Professionals' Day, Teacher Appreciation Day, Clergy Appreciation Day, Graduation Day, and others. Every now and then we'll get a notice at school, please sign the card in the teacher's lounge for the custodians, the instructional assistants. These are Hallmark holidays. Now, I want you to know that I am not upset with the idea of a Hallmark holiday. They want to make money, but they're reminding us that there are people in our lives that we sometimes forget to recognize. I don't know about you, but I don't often say thank you to my boss or to the custodian or the instructional assistants or the, how do they put it? Administrative Professionals Day. You know what that used to be, right? That was Secretary's Day. But now they're administrative professionals. Well, Pope Pius XI, with whom I'm sure you are well aware after World War II, was concerned that the church was not acknowledging Jesus as king. Now, before we talk about Pope Pius, I, I don't know if you know this, but you can go on Amazon and they will give you a list of songs they recommend for weddings, and you can put in a topic and it'll come up. So just for fun, I typed in songs with Jesus in the title. And we're going to talk about the hymns in a second, but these are secular songs that are on the top 10 list of songs to be played at weddings that have Jesus in the title. We'll start at number 10, like David Letterman used to. Jesus Walks by Kanye West, released in 2004. Jesus Loves Me, Whitney Houston, released in 1992 on the Bodyguard soundtrack. Jesus is just all right with me. The Doobie Brothers, 1972. Jesus is love. The Commodores. Jesus of Suburbia, G Green Day. Beer with Jesus. I had never heard of that one before. Beer with Jesus, released 2012 on an, an album called American Idiot. I, I got that wrong. I'm sorry. Beer with Jesus is 2012 on an album, album that goes like this. Number four on our list is Like Jesus Does by Eric Church. Number three is Jesus Take the Wheel, Carrie Underwood. Number two is Personal Jesus by Deepesh Mode. Did I get that right? Okay. Not, not on my opera playlist. And Trust in Jesus by Third Day. 
Now, I want you to listen to those titles. Did any of them mention Jesus as our Lord, our King, or our Sovereign? Well, we can't just pick on them. Think about your favorite hymns with Jesus in the title. Now, Jesus is in the body of many hymns, but I was headed for the title. What a friend we have in Jesus. Fairest. Lord Jesus. Now that one has Lord in the title. My Jesus, I love thee. All hail the power of Jesus' name. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. There's just something about that name. Or Jesus, lover of my soul. It seems, my friends, that we are reticent to claim Jesus as our king. We're ready to claim him as our savior. He died for us. And that's, go back to the Hallmark, that's, that's a perfect ending to a Hallmark movie where somebody self-sacrificed for someone else. But it wasn't just a man who died for us. It was a king. Now, if I were a liturgical preacher, and I am, I would wish you Happy New Year. Do you know Why? Today is the end of the liturgical year. The liturgical year reminds us, because next week there'll be an Advent wreath to get us ready. Advent prepares us for the Christmas season. Christmas season takes us all the way up to Epiphany, January 6th. That's when the wise men came, which takes us up to Lent, which prepares our hearts for Easter which prepares our hearts for Pentecost. See, you're getting better at this. After three years, we're getting the lectionary down. Pentecost leads us into, now, if you're an Episcopalian like my son, they call it ordinary time. That takes us all the way from Pentecost until today. And if we had our vestments out, the colored banners, it would be green. It's literally green from the middle of May all the way up until today, which would be white. Now, the Methodists don't call it ordinary time. They call it kingdom tide. And this is when the pastor is encouraged to step out of the traditional lectionary and to preach sermons to build the kingdom. Hence, it's called kingdom tide. Which brings us back to our friend, Pope Pius XI. So, I'm sorry, I said World War II and it's World War I. After World War I, Pope Pius designated the last Sunday in October as Christ the King Sunday. He wanted it to be a day to remember that Christ received power and honor from God and was made the ruler of the universe. Now Christ the King Sunday is the last Sunday of the church year for good reason. It's time for us to reflect on Christ's return at the end of time to rule over all creation, a theme that's echoed throughout the Bible. But here's the powerful thing about this celebration. Pope Bias created a day because of the encroachment, he said, of secular forces on society. Now, if you were at Sunday school this morning, we actually had a discussion about all of those things. The, the world is encroaching on the church. It's trying to soften the mortar around the foundational bricks of our beliefs. 
And on this day, we stop and say, Christ is the King. But why do we, and particularly we as Americans, have difficulty making Christ our King? I don't know if you know this, but when... I didn't say that, sorry. So when King George was getting ready to sign the... uh, the treaty with the United States at the end of the Revolutionary War, he was fully, how can I put this? He believed that George Washington, after the treaty was signed, was going to declare himself king. And when he was made aware that George Washington had said now that the war was over, he was going to go back to his plantation and farm and in essence, retire from public life. King George, probably his greatest enemy, said if he did that, he would be one of the greatest men alive. We in America don't like kings. We fought a war to have presidents. And guess what? If we don't like them, we vote them out. That's how it works. So we will never have a tyrant for more than four years at a time is the idea, right? And yet we can't vote Jesus out. Pope Pius wants us to remember, and I agree with him, that we have to claim Jesus as our king. Now, I have good news for you. That makes us citizens of heaven. We don't have a physical passport that's stamped for heaven, but we are citizens of heaven. If we've given our heart to Jesus, we know that we have a place. Why? Because he told us in John, I go to prepare a place for you. I have a home that isn't here. And we've said this before. One of my favorite old hymns is this world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. If heaven's not my home, Lord, what will I do? The angels beckon me from heaven's open door, because I can't get along in this world anymore. We are citizens of heaven. And there's only two rules. Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. But are we? Are we acting like citizens of heaven? I guess on this day, I I want us to remember three things. And the first one is what Jesus said to Pilate. This is not yet his kingdom. He's coming back. He's coming back and he's going to come in glory. And those of us who are citizens are going to get to participate in that glory. And those of us who ignored the call of Jesus on their hearts are going to find out what it is to be under the rule of a king. The second thing I want you to think about is this. If we're citizens of heaven, subjects of the king, we need to act that way. I also want you to think about this. The world, our neighbors, our friends, our family, our coworkers, they know how citizens of heaven are supposed to act. I want you to hear that. 
They know how citizens of heaven are supposed to act. They will remind you of the golden rule. They will remind you of the Ten Commandments. They will remind you that you need to love God and love your neighbor. That doesn't mean they believe it. It doesn't mean that they're going to live it. But they know that you are being held to that standard. And they're watching. And if we don't act like citizens of heaven, we lose our credibility as a witness. So on this Christ the King Sunday, the end of the church year, next year we start, next week, we start looking forward to the birth of Jesus. We're starting over the, the life and the reflection on the life of Jesus. On this day, we have to ask the question, if Jesus is your king, then live like it. Amen.